a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. He, he, the thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, there, 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 there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is, no, no, that's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've, got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they, uh, they, they feel like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember and them I'm all either. Them. They're just too <laughs> numerous. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is frightful. <laughs> Pastor. And so is Evan singing. <laughs> Pastor Wolfman, there's hey, you know the how snow. you were talking? Hey, you were talking about all these because act- it snowed a little bit, and I can't, yeah, I can't get out. <laughs> like Fourteen inches. Never mind though. Oh come on! The problem is it took me forever. Come on, you're not in Texas anymore. It took me forever to, to try to. I tried to start the snowblower and just about broke my elbow. Couldn't get it started. I pulled the thing and slammed into the wall. Oh, that was Wait terrible. a minute. You have a snowblower? What's your excuse for not being able to record this morning? If this snowblower didn't work. When I grew up in Colorado, we had shovels. We don't use snowblowers. I, Mike. I do have a shovel, too. Did you use and it? a couple of arms. Yeah, I used it. Good. So my neighbor came over with his snowboard and helped me out. There you go. You know, there's the amount of snow where you have to shovel like three inches, you know? Each scoop gives you three inches further down the driveway. And yeah. it's still snowing outside, by the way, which is all right with me because you know what snow means? Pipe smoke. What? The two are equivalent in my mind. I smoke when it snows. That's about the only time I smoke, which is why I'm so glad I live in Colorado. Anyhow, you know how in that bump you were talking about all the accolades? Is there uh, any... It's kind of embarrassing that you've taken upon calling me now the master of awesomeness. Mostly off air. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you said you weren't going to tell anyone, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, in today's uh, program, we're going to be playing some Bible B uh, with some law gospel mix in with a dash of law and gospel. Uh, then nice. closing up the program with uh, some praise song cruncher. I think we'll just have time for one song to crunch today. Um, but uh, you have that to look forward to. But first, buzzwords and email. You have a buzzword, Pastor? I do. Evangelical. Have we done that one? That's a pretty good one. This is important to define this word. Is it on the list? Do you know? I don't know. I haven't updated the list for maybe a year and a half. Maybe close, close to two years now. So Now, either, either, the reason why it's so important to define this is because we use it in two different ways. The root uh, of the word, the English evangelical, is the Greek oiangelion, which means good. Oi means good. And angelion means message. Same word we have for angel. So the good word, good news. So the evangel is the gospel. So the evangelists were those who wrote the gospel down. Uh, so that's the uh, uh, um, kind of primary use of the word, although it's taken upon a more precise meaning nowadays, and that is it's defined, it defines the denomination that would call itself non-denominational. 
So an evangelical Christian or American evangelicalism, uh, evangelical with a capital E, really stands for the denomination that would be, be known as non-denominational. And uh, a lot of the things that we do are talking against this kind of pop evangelical theology here on Table Talk Radio because it just perva- it's so pervasive that if you just if you let your mind go on theological neutral you end up parked in the evangelical parking lot it just you just kind of naturally go there or else you become a pagan one or the other uh, so we want to know we want to clearly define evangelicalism and uh, and compare the evangelical doctrine to the scriptures okay and my Theological buzzword comes from Theopedia. Thank you, random article button. Uh, And that is contextualization. And it says, Within evangelical Christianity is communicating the gospel using methods and terms appropriate to a given audience. It represents the understanding that although the gospel message is abiding and universal, the cultural context in which God revealed it, in which it is delivered are distinct and different what do you think of that uh i don't know i'm gonna i'm working on something uh, i'm working on something where i'm looking at the seven sermons of paul in the book of acts i'm gonna go up to the symposium here in a few weeks at fort wayne and give an exegetical paper on this and talk about the the way that paul brings law and gospel into these different contexts so there i think there is a sense in which you say hey that person for example knows english so when i talk to them i'm going to use english words (laughs) (laughs) or or that person you know i mean we all have a kind of different realm of experience and it the better we can know the person's realm of experience and thinking the better although when it really comes down to it Everybody has a conscience. Everyone has the law written on their hearts. Everyone has a sense of right and wrong, and they're and that they are on the a bad side of that right and wrong. So that uh, the, the when it when it comes down to fundamentally law and gospel, everybody uh, is able to understand what's going on there. Now, and you have and there's no other name by which we must be saved than Jesus. So uh, we don't want to then go and say. Um, that there's a different gospel. You can use different words to preach the gospel, and a pastor probably should use different words uh, when he stands in the pulpit or when a friend talks to another friend. But but it comes down to the same name, the, the same person, the same death on the cross, the same resurrection. I would like to point out that I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, the first year I'm not at the seminary, you're going to Symposia. I remember calling right. you during uh, when Symposia would be coming up. i say, hey, you should come to Symposium. And you'd say, "Oh no, I know what they're all gonna say." You'd name off a few professors and name their little, their little sticks, and then you'd say, "Oh, they're, I don't have to listen to that." Hey, are you gonna put together this Table Talk Radio Symposium bingo cards? <laughs> yeah, I think I should do that. But you know, the reason I'm going to Symposium is finally someone offered to pay for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that simple. Someone said, "Hey, you want to come and give a paper at this conference before it? We'll p- fly you up there." And I said, "Okay." I'm mostly cheap. But I'm also going to use this opportunity at the symposium to sell baptismal certificates. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm both cheap and opportunistic. Everyone knows that about me, though. <laughs> Want to buy a certificate? Uh, <laughs> I know. You even made me uh, buy one. Yeah, I haven't made you pay for it yet. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it should be enough that so. I'm willing to uh, take your, your uh, certificate and put my name on it. That's saying a lot right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. All right. <laughs> Uh, so I get 500 points. 
Did you use evangelical already? Yeah, when I said that contextualization within the evangelical Christianity is communicating the gospel using methods and terms appropriate to the given audience. Brother. So 500. All right. Uh, Email. What do we have for an email today, Pastor? I got one here from Joe uh, from Richland, WA. That must be Washington, huh? (laughs) Okay, you'll need to be patient with me. I'm a recovering Calvinist. That is cause for patience. How do you recover from Calvinism? Uh, I don't know. You probably go to play poker a couple times. <laughs> but Pastor W said something that made me say, huh? In Baptist circles, the empty tomb is looked at as the sign of Christ's completed work. Hence, the cross at our Baptist church is without Jesus on it. Now, I get what uh, what I get with what we're saying about Christ winning our redemption on the cross, but isn't depicting Christ on the cross not giving the whole story? Hope my th- hope my thinking makes sense, halfway sense at least. Joe Richland, Washington. All right. Thanks, Joe, for sending us an email at questions at tabletalkradio.org. Uh, and uh, did now the subject line of this of this uh, email was like podcast 10 or something like that. 1211, 1213 podcast. Yeah. So I wonder if he's responding to something we said back there. And I do not want to go back and listen to those shows. I mean, that's what we probably ugh. said. I think we were talking about the cross versus the crucifix. Mm-hmm. Um you know that whole thing, and so so you ha- he's and he's Joe's bringing to us the common thing, which is that the empty cross represents the risen Jesus. I mean, which is what people say. Uh, if you have a cross with a body on it, a corpus, a crucifix, we call that, then that's um, it's it's as if you're saying that Jesus didn't uh, rise from the dead. But of course, that's not what that's saying. It's saying that uh, it's so the equivalent is, and I think we made the point then, is that would you would you take Jesus out of the manger scene? Uh, because Jesus didn't stay a baby, but he grew up. Well, they, of course, when you have the baby Jesus in the manger scene, you're not saying that Jesus was always a baby. Uh, you're saying that he was a baby. So when you have Jesus on the cross, you're not saying that Jesus was only ever crucified, but that he was crucified. That's what you're saying. Some churches have it where you can take the body off of the cross uh, for the season of Easter, uh, in fact, some churches have where you can take the body of Jesus off the cross and put him under the altar for uh, Holy Saturday, and then, then back up on the cross with the uh, clothed on Easter. But um, uh, but uh, the empty cross is not a confession of the empty tomb. That this is the perhaps the clearest thing, is that on Holy Saturday when Jesus' body was in the grave, the cross was empty, <laughs> so that Jesus could have stayed in the grave and the cross would have been empty. So the empty cross is not a confession of the resurrection. And there's no way to make it so. The argument that it is is just making something up. And what it's making up, what it's covering up for, is the fact that having the body of Jesus on the cross is gory. It's hard to look at. That's the reason why people don't like it. It's gruesome. And you go to church, and you like to feel nice, and you look up, and you see this bloody, half-naked man uh, dead hanging on a tree. I mean, that is a gruesome fact. But everything we need to know is there in the cross. Our own sinfulness, uh, the, what, the things that we deserve, as well as the love of God for us, which is why the crucifixion is an enduring symbol of our redemption and God's mercy before us. Yeah, there was this axiom. I'm not sure if it was Luther or attributed to Luther or not, but uh, this axiom that says that uh, you know Rome says that we should have a crucifix. Uh, I don't know what the other side would be. Uh, I guess Calvinists, Calvinists say that we shouldn't. Uh, we say neither and do both. Have you heard that before? Nope. Uh, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. All right, we have to take a break. We'll be right back and play Bible B. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 
It's really classy up here. Table Talk Radio will be right back. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Thank uh, you. Thank yeah, you. Good you to be here. Welcome. We, uh, it's time for us to play some Bible Bee. Now, how this My works. Favorite, is... favorite radio show. <laughs> hey, you were just on another radio program recently. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, yeah. That was my not my favorite. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I, don't, I was yeah, I was on Business Unconventional, which is B Unconventional or Bun Conventional. And we're talking about the business <laughs> of religion. I don't have – I really had, hardly had anything at all to say about that. Me and a rabbi and an evangelical pastor. Uh, yeah, and so, so it, was like a, it was like a joke without a punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike yeah. our show, which is like a punchline without a joke. <laughs> We can just mix these two, and then we'll be set. Mm-hmm. Hey, why don't we have that 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 rabbi and uh, that um, evangelical pastor on our show? Then we'll be set. Okay, I'll call them up. All right, call them up. We'll play. Uh, uh, what do we play with those guys? Uh, answer the question as. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Answer the question as a Jewish rabbi. As you. <laughs> All right, the way Bible Bee works is we uh, read first three verses, one verse, and then one word uh, from the Bible, and then uh, the task is to identify which book of the Bible it appears in. And then we also play uh, with this law and or gospel. Pastor, how does that part work? Uh, so the law part is the things in the Bible where God's telling us what to do, and because we are not doing them, they also condemn us and show us our sinfulness, our, our great sinfulness. Uh, the gospel parts is where the Lord uh, um, tells us what he does for us, how he loves us, forgives us, uh, calls us to be uh, his own dear people, uh, serves us, um, dies for us, rises again for us, ascends into heaven for us, all this sort of thing, which is wonderful. So we have law and gospel. So when, what we do here in this little game is we uh, hear a verse of the Bible and then we say, is it law or gospel or both? Now, this is a question we should always be asking when we're reading the Bible. And also when we're listening to sermons or things like that. Yeah. Uh, Is that what you wanted to know? Yes, because, and the reason we should always be thinking of this when we're listening to sermons and whatnot, when reading church signs and uh, bumper stickers, et cetera, et cetera, uh, is that uh, we need to uh, always have the gospel predominate, especially when we're um, uh, teaching or preaching publicly. Uh, You know, we talk about how uh, how we should rightly distinguish long gospel so that if there's someone who is is uh, broken in their sin that we need to give them gospel and if someone is is hard in their sin uh, we need to give them law but when you're teaching publicly when you put a bumper sticker on your bumper or something like that you don't know the the, the person hearing you or the person uh, reading your bumper sticker you don't know whether they are a broken sinner or a, a hardened sinner and so uh, we should always then preach law and gospel with the gospel predominating, which is, uh, I think, the last thesis of, of – maybe not the last, but uh, somewhere in there 
of, of Walther's property distinction between law and gospel. So uh, that is then the task before us. Uh, Pastor, are you ready for round one? I am. Give it to me. All right. And, and to remind the listeners, you have three verses then of round one. And here are your three verses. He remembers his nobles. They stumble in their march. They hurry to her wall. And the uh, mantelet is set up. The gates of the rivers are opened. And the palace is dissolved. And it is fixed. She is stripped. She is carried away. And her handmaids are moaning like sounds of doves beating on their breasts. What in the world is a mantelet? Like a little mantle? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Read read that little mantelette part again. I think that's the key to the whole text. And the mantelette <laughs> is set up. I'll find an al- al- alternative translation for you because I am mm. so nice. This sounds an awful lot like uh, one of the prophets talking about how Jerusalem will be destroyed because of her sinfulness. Now, the destruction of Jerusalem that the prophets often foretold was this 586 destruction when uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, who were the kind of, you know, upstarts uh, then, and they come along and they they're conquered the world and they're going to do it with Jerusalem too. And, and the prophets come and say, look, um, we need to get our act together or else we're going to be in trouble. Now, this is uh, when Jeremiah was prophesying and some of the other prophets of the later southern kingdom i'm gonna say wait wait i have i have the esv for you all right all right instead of mantelette it says the tower uh, the the siege tower is set up and then it has a little footnote it says or the mantelette so the mantelette is a siege tower yes Hmm. surprised you didn't know that okay yeah i'm too i'm shocked that i didn't know that (laughs) Okay, you're going to make a guess. I don't even know the things I don't know. <laughs> my guess is... My guess is the prophet... The prophet... Hmm, the prophet... Jeremiah. <laughs> I'm so sorry that's incorrect. You are looking for the prophet Nahum. <laughs> oh, Nahum. Of course, my second guess. <laughs> Your second guess. All right, put with this, this down as law, by the way. Okay, law. <laughs> Just write that down. Are you writing it in the margin for the next time you're there? Yeah. So you'll know. If, if we ever play this again, I'll see if you're consistent. <laughs> the Lord threatening to punish his people. I, by the way, uh, I am about to embark on a study, uh, anyone hanging around Aurora on Tuesday morning can come uh, after the new year. We're going to do the minor prophets in their historical context. So Second Chronicles and the minor prophets, which is really mostly an excuse for me to buff it up on this stuff so that on Bible B I can finally get an answer right. <laughs> That's a good strategy, though. I, I do that, too, uh, in, in kind of areas of, of, of weakness. You just teach a class on it, and it forces you to, to become an expert in it. Right. So, so yay, that'll be fun when you actually get some of these. Yeah. And why do you think I only go after the minor prophets? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's harder to guess them, I suspect. <laughs> Will you be including in that Esther? No. no. Uh, maybe you, Esther's maybe, history. I know, but you ought to maybe throw that in. 
I'm against Esther. I don't like these <laughs> Calvinist books. All right. Where do you uh, think I am? So Esther. 500 to zero Calvinist. is the score. All right, I got a verse for you, though. All righty. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, and behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, that's in the LSB, I think. <laughs> Reading from the bat, from Vespers. Uh, no, actually, I think, well, we're definitely in the New Testament. And we're probably in the gospel. What, what, give, what gave that away? Well, Mary is kind of a New Testament figure. Um, true. True enough. Uh, so I know we're in the New Testament. We're probably in the gospels, uh, especially in one of these Christmas narratives. And I happen to know that this is what we call the Magnificat, this the song of Mary. Uh, when uh, This is after uh, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary to, to announce to her that she will uh, bear this, the... Uh, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, and uh, and so she says, uh, "Let it be done according to your word." And that that's such an amazing line. So then Mary goes off and visits Elizabeth, uh, who is also pregnant. Uh, Elizabeth was her cousin. Wait, right, cousin? And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, she was pregnant, uh, even though she was advanced in years and barren. She was pregnant with uh, six months pregnant by this time by uh, John the Baptist. And so now uh, she, Mary comes in, uh, uh, carrying, con- conceived by um, the whole, conceived by the Holy Spirit with with our Lord. And then John uh, says, "Leapt in 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 the in his mother's womb as as a response of faith of of the Lord entering." And then Mary uh, sings this wonderful song, the Magnificat. Um, so this this, by the way, comes from uh, the Gospel according to Saint Luke. True enough. All right. Uh, now, I think there is both law and gospel in here. Will you read it again for me? Sure. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Yeah. Is this chapter two, by the way? No. Oh. Chapter one. Oh. I was, I was going to hope for extra points. So you want me to deduct some points? No, 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 no. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, Luke is uh Luke is, has fewer chapters than Matthew, but it's longer because it has these long chapters. So there's 80 verses in Luke chapter one, 52 in Luke chapter three. So Luke has these long chapters. Yeah. I take this back. I think the part that you read is all gospel. Is there a law in anything that you said? I mean, only maybe he by looked the... on the humble estate. Yeah. So that. To get to a humble estate, you got to be. I mean, that's Mary's own. I mean, it's really Mary's confession of her that she has nothing. that I mean, deserves this sort of thing. Later, when but she no, sings, I think you're right. It's all uh, all gospel. Later, when she sings, he has brought down rulers from their thrones, has exalted those who are uh, who are humble. Um, I mean, that is long gospel right there, just in, in beautiful form. You know, those who are high right. brought low, and those who are low are brought high. Uh, just wonderful uh, law gospel right there. So, so points. Uh, I don't know how many do you get. I can't remember. I think you get a hundred for guessing the right, a hundred points for on on uh, for the round one, and then two hundred points for law and gospel, bringing your total points to eight hundred. <laughs> All right, we're coming up on a commercial break, so let's take that break and continue Bible B right after this, and then uh, after Bible B, we're going to be crunching 
uh, one of your praise songs by request. You can give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, to request a praise song or to give general feedback to our show or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back. There's a commercial break. More Bible League. Don't go away. not a radio show it's a relationship stay tuned for more table talk radio welcome back to table talk radio uh <laughs> This is a game we could play on the show here. This Jesus game that I found. What game is that? This all the Denver Zoo uh, page here. They have a, a game called Who's Poop. <laughs> You're supposed okay, to identify the animal by their scat. Let's. That's, re- that's really what we play when we play uh, uh, Name That Theologian. <laughs> Name that heresy. Did we ever make a distinction between? I think we just put it all under name that theologian, even though theologian is kind of loosely defined. Loose. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, all round right. two of Bible. Stay Bean. tuned for next time. We'll get the, we'll get this sorted out. This theological name that poo game. Uh oh. Do you want a Bible verse from me, or are you giving me one? It's time is for it me turn? to give you round two. All right, I'm ready. In that day, the beautiful virgins and the young men will faint from thirst. In that day, the beautiful virgins and the young men will faint from thirst. Huh. Um, Bet you didn't know that, did you? (laughs) That day is oftentimes in the Bible, and I think this verse is going to be no exception, talking about the day of the Lord, that is the second coming, when Jesus comes in judgment. So that day is a frightful sort of thing. Uh, and here, sure enough, this is a frightful, again, a frightful um, a prophecy that's given. That the beautiful virgins and the young men, so those are the people that have the strongest endurance. You know when you hear the, about the flu epidemic and all this stuff, you hear about the how the children and the, um, and the old ladies are all getting sick from the flu. But the young people, you know, they seem to have the endurance. But it's going to be so bad that even they are getting sick. Um, this verse is going to be, of course, from the prophets, and I'm going to say Isaiah. Boom! No, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. You were looking for the book uh, of Amos. (laughs) Should have known. That was my second (laughs) guess. Amos. Next time I'll ask for your second guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. You always know. You always can know what my second guess was. Yeah, so uh, that was that was uh, chapter 8, verse 13. But this is what verse 11 says. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine for bread or a thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. Oh, man. Mm. The worst famine of all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In fact, we were just talking about that during the break, uh, uh, that President Harrison talked about this in his Advent video that he posts on the LCMS website and uh, talked about, you know, every – I think he made this quote from Luther, if I'm not mistaken, 
um, that every uh, 150 years or every couple generations, the, the Lord takes his, his word away uh, from the people, for they do not listen to it. And, um, uh, and, and uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, that should cause us uh, great repentance, because, uh, you know, we imagine how terrible it would be, as you, as you just remarked here, how terrible it would be to, be, to lose uh, food and drink, to, to not have enough food, but how worse it would be. Uh, to to not have the word of the Lord. Uh, I mean, it would be yeah. better to starve and have the word of the Lord than to be able to to eat to to feast every meal and to not have the word of the Lord. Yep, that's right. Uh, Jesus says the same thing in the desert to the devil. Uh, man, and quoting Deuteronomy, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Correct. All right, round two. Then. So that verse, by the way, is law. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Law. Okay, it's in there now. Here's your verse. Ready? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I am noticing a theme with your verses. Hmm. In how many points hmm. did? Wasn't there uh, bonus points for getting chapter and verse? Um. Sure. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to say this is in one of the Gospels. Um, yep. In fact, I am going to narrow it down to, because um, this is a little bit different, uh, because, you know, here in, like Luke, for example, we we're just talking about in round one, uh, you have just this narrative, uh, and now you're talking about this word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. This is a little bit different, but talking about, in, in essence, the same thing. So I'm going to say this is not one of the, synopt- the synoptic Gospels. Uh, synoptic means uh, seen together, like synod means to walk together. Uh, uh, synoptic, to seen together. Or so, also the other thing that it means is to beat each other up. But right, yeah, yeah. That, well, it's one of the two. two. There's two translations. Yeah. Right. Walk together or smash each other on the head with <laughs> empty beer bottles. But... <laughs> um, so that'd be Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, the synoptic. So I'm going to say this is different. This is uh, from the Gospel of John. And yeah. I will say this yeah, is... Yeah, you think so? Is that your final answer? Okay, yeah. The Gospel of John. Yes, final answer. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chapter 1, verse 14. Chapter 1, verse 14. Righto! Yeah, okay, right. so you get 200 points for getting the chapter, or the book right. You get uh 100 points for getting the chapter right you get 1000 points for getting the verse right 1 2 3 1300 is 1800 2100 points just in time for christmas all right this is good i can i can i know what all the members of my family are getting for christmas now <laughs> what a <laughs> bummer huh? table talk radio <laughs> rope over you know, table talk radio <laughs> points what <laughs> <laughs> That's a mean, dirty <laughs> trick. <laughs> I know. It's like, couldn't you find some coal? I uh, I was thinking that you know we should do a, a complete set of Table Talk Radio on CD as a Christmas present next year. You know, just all of them. Can you imagine that? All of what now? All of our shows put together on a CD package. We could do that, you know, that guy, that art that we had for our little logo. We could put that on the CDs. It'd probably take what, like, how many shows have we done? 152 or this something. This is 181. Whoa! So maybe, maybe put it on DVDs or something as MP3s, and you get like a a year's worth of shows on one DVD. You get a five DVD set of every show we've ever done. That would be. Can you awful. imagine it? That would be awful. <laughs> 
Yeah. Sorry, listeners. We won't really do that. <laughs> hey, I'm going to get more points because I'm going to say that this is gospel. Um, uh, true enough. Because gospel. the reason uh, Jesus is the Word, the, the reason the Word is becoming flesh, Jesus is, is taking on human flesh, is for us. Uh, to, to come, not just to hang out, to, to hey guys, what's going on? Uh, but rather, uh, so he can die for our sins. That is the reason, uh, Jesus comes, uh, in human, in, in human form, to die. Um, Jesus was born to die. And, you die. and to die for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And that is, uh, what Christmas is all about. So, gospel. Right. So does that bring me up to 23? points. I'm about to run out of points. I got to be careful. All right, rapid round. fire here because we have two minutes left and one more round. So, uh, your one word clue, and this actually, uh, I I, I uh, researched this. Um, this actually appears in two books of the Bible. So uh, you have. Right. So therefore, the reward is is half the credit. Only hundred. Oh man! <laughs> Just what kidding. if I guess them both? It should be double. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you guess them both, I'll give you. I'll give you double. Sweet. Even though this is increasing your chances. Oh well. It'll be I a know, daily double. You get three so chances now. You'll so get you'll get one six. guess, and then you can wager. You can do double or nothing. That'll, that'll be fun. Okay. So your one word is bell. Bell. Like yeah. bell, like ring the bell. Yep. Like the bell is tolled. Like the bell that comes in both um, uh, Joel and Nahum. No, a different bell. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna guess then. Revelation. <laughs> was that not a guess right there? <laughs> no, no, it was just it was just chum in the waters. Okay. <laughs> So, Revelation, is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. What was your second choice? Um, my second choice was Isaiah. What was your third choice? No, no, that's all. I only had two choices. Uh, Exodus. Uh, Exodus? It's peppered all over Exodus, namely, like in uh, 28, uh, a golden bell and pomegranate, a golden bell and pomegranate all around the hem of the robe. Um, oh. It uses it in, in that context several times. Uh, also in Zechariah 14, in that day there will be inscribed on the bells of the horses, holy to the Lord, uh, and the cooking pots in the Lord's house will be like the bulls before the altar. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, bells. So, uh, zero. So let's take a look at your final score. Zero. Okay. <laughs> Here's your one word. Ready? You can actually get this if you think about it. Son. Son. Spell it. S A W N, like sawed. Like I could take a saw and I saw something in two. Hmm. Son. Uh. Yeah, I think I should be able to get this. But. Okay, I'm gonna. I can't. I can't think of this. I know I should. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're gonna say it and go. Oh yeah, that's where it is. Uh, well, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be a little bit more strategic here, and uh, assume that you're still going off Christmas texts. And we have a wonderful Christmas text in St. Luke, as we already talked about, and a marvelous uh, Christmas text. Uh, well, we have you know the the, uh, the word became flesh as you you just read, um, and then the other big Christmas text comes in Matthew. So I'm gonna say uh, the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Nope. Oh. Hebrews chapter 11, <laughs> verse 37. 
They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They oh. were killed with the sword. That wasn't Christmassy at all. What is that all about? Christmas ish. Sawn in two. It's not Christmassy at all. Destitute, afflicted, <laughs> mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. All right. Well, I'm afraid I didn't get that one, but I still have 2,300 points. And then that's what we'll go into Praise Song Cruncher with, and that's up next. So don't tune out uh, for this last segment. Uh, we're we're going to be listening to some Praise Songs, so uh, go away for that. We'll be right back on Tail Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio, where theology meets immaturity. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. It's time for the uh, world-famous Praise Song Cruncher 2.0. You know this is world-famous? Uh, yes, I, well, I, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's world famous. People in, uh, in Idaho are, have, have picked up the, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> hey, we have this request from Matthew. Is that what we're doing today? Is that, is he from Idaho? I don't know. Where's Matthew from? Hmm. You sent it to me, so I figured you knew Matthew. No, I don't know Matthew. Okay. <clears throat> Well, let's let's talk about the criteria first, and then we'll get into the email. Uh, the the I think the the praise song cruncher is among other things, but uh, trying to get some handles on this idea that um, a praise song might not be good for worship, even though it doesn't contain false doctrine, uh, because uh, songs have to say something in order to be to be false. Is that right? It has to make an assertion before it to be to be false. Uh, so that's just, true. So just because <laughs> just because <laughs> a song uh, has no false doctrine doesn't mean it's good for worship. And this is the criteria that trying to get a handle on that. First, Jesus is Jesus mentioned? Yes, no, and if yes, is a name or concept. Number two is mystical form. So you, so two and three, you have mystical form and mystical content. The questions for mystical form are uh, first, truth. Does the song use sentences with a subject, verb, and object? Uh, you talked before about how. Uh, when, the way you can make impressions rather rather than uh, uh, assertions is that you have incomplete sentences. So you'll say like um, the bright red fire truck. Yeah, that, that makes that makes an impression rather than an assertion. Or repetition is another way. Is the song repetitive? Does it uh, say the same thing over and over? And then uh, then under content, musical content number three, there's uh, five categories: immediate romance, loss of self, internal or subjective. So immediate, does it talk about this direct experience of God, seeing, touching, feeling? Romance, does it use romantic imagery? Uh, Pastor Wolfmer can explain more on that if you need it. Um, <laughs> loss of self. I'm here for you. Does this, does this song talk about losing our identity, be, being lost in God, absorbed, consumed, engulfed, uh, these kinds of things? This is where all the liquid metaphors come in. That's right, like yeah. the liquid metaphors. Uh, internal. I'm parched and <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> uh, you know all those liquid is, metaphors. Yeah, I know. Everyone I know. loves the liquid metaphors. <laughs> uh, internal is the uh, action of the song uh, of God inside of me. 
And then the last subjective is a song about the things that God has done or the things about me. We're looking for the things that God has done, the objective there. So uh, both mystical form and mystical content have a 1 to 10 scale, 10 being very mystical, 1 being not mystical. And then lastly, uh, well, second to lastly, law and gospel. We want it rightly divided and not mixed up. And um, the gospel being something that God does, uh, not something that's based upon our response, something uh, based upon our decision, our acceptance, our action. And then lastly, is there any explicit false teaching? So that's the criteria by which we uh, judge these praise songs. Now, read Matthew's email. Uh, oh, here, let me pull it open here. Whoops, let me come to the top of it. I'm at the bottom where the words are. Matthew says, Dear Pastor Wolf Miller, normally, oh, Dear Typical Radio, I was listening to show 160 about worship conference in Seward, Nebraska. I wasn't there, but it sounds like it was awesome. Is there any way I could get an audio copy of the presenters, perhaps Pastor Wolf Mueller? Nope. Is that true? Do we have the audio of that? Did you record that? Also, I have three songs for you to crunch. I think someone recorded it. I don't know if I have the audio. You Let sent me, me the check. you sent me the in, terrible in audio for something else you did. No, that was at the Rocky Mountain yeah. uh, District I, thing. That was awful. What did you record that with? Yeah. My telephone. Man, <laughs> you would expect someone in radio to yeah. have a better recording. I got a better I'm recorder. Very disappointed. Now. I do have, I found it. I was cleaning out my desk. I, found, I got a better recorder. Also, I have three songs for you to crunch. Dive by Steve Scourge Chapman. Today is the day by Lincoln Brewster. I kind of like that name, Brewster. And I come by the blood. Mm-hmm. They've been used at VBS. I come by the blood. He's been sung in the service. I've also included the lyrics of the email so you don't have to go looking. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. So we have the last of these songs, right? Right. We'll put I the, come by the blood. We'll come back to the others, but uh, due to time constraints, we only have time for one crunch today. And we're going to do I Come by the Blood. Uh, it is written by Steve and Vicki Cook. And this particular performance is by the uh, by Sovereign Grace Ministries. Uh, so here is I Come by the Blood. Continues, you are the high and exalted king, the one the angels fear, so far above me in every way. Lord, how can I draw near to the one the angels fear? Through him who laid down his life for me and ascended on your side. Through him, through Jesus alone, I boldly come. And then repeats the chorus. All right, what do you think of this? 
I don't know. Let's take it to the cruncher and see what happens. I don't know what I think about this. Jesus. Yeah. Is Jesus mentioned? If yes, is it name or concept? Yes, uh, Jesus is mentioned by name and concept. Um, it's a song addressed to God the uh, to God the Father, but here it says um, um, it talks about the blood, which is the blood of Jesus, because it talks about the cross. And through Him, through Jesus alone, I boldly come. It says there at the end. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so next is the question of mystical. Oh yeah, form. here the atoning Lamb of God is also here. Uh, the atoning Lamb of God. Uh, that's. A clear reference to Jesus. Uh, so mystical form. Okay, what's that question about again? Truth, uh, subject, verb, and object, and repetition. It's not too repetitive. I mean, it repeats the chorus. It, I mean, I, I don't see really any repetition. You have the, I come by the blood, I come by the cross, but that's kind of a normal lyrical, you know, move, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not terribly repetitive, and I think it's mostly sentences. You are the perfect and righteous God whose presence bears no sin. You bid me come to your holy place. How can I enter in when your presence bears no sin? Through him who poured out his life for me, the atoning Lamb of God. Through him, through Jesus alone, I boldly come. Yep. No, uh, there's sentences there. Uh, so not mystical form. All right. Now, I'm particularly interested in how you respond to the next question, mystical content, especially immediate. Does the, talk, the song talk about the immediate experience of God seeing, touching, feeling God directly? Mm-hmm. So it's talking about coming. I come by the blood. I come by the cross where your mercy flows for your hands pierced for me. That's objective. I dare not stand on my righteousness. My every hope rests on what he has done. I come by the blood. This is the means of God, of coming into the presence of God. The mechanism is the blood. So the, this song is about blood, which, I mean, that's what it's about. I come by the blood, which is um, objective, not subjective. Right. Hmm. This song might make it. <laughs> uh, so far, so good, huh? Okay. Uh, anything else on mystical form? What, what else do we romance, have for mystical content? Self. What do we? No romance. No loss of self. Internal. No uh, external. Subjective or objective? Objective. Okay. Then long gospel. Huh. Yeah. There's this law here. I dare not stand on my righteousness. Um, my every hope rests on what he has done, right? Mm-hmm. How can I enter in when your presence bears no sin? That's law. And then through Christ alone, I boldly come by his blood, by his cross, where your mercy flows, hands pierced. That's gospel. There's law and gospel here. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then explicit false teaching. I don't see any. <laughs> Do we have another song that passed the The one cruncher? the angels fear. Now, I, I would see this would I mean, be... Just listening, listening to this, I'm thinking, no way can this pass the cruncher. It's just too contemporary-ish. <laughs> no, see, I, I think this would be... Another, I don't remember what song we were crunching one time. Remember that we had that song that, that pretty much made it through the cruncher, and then you tore it apart for not being Lutheran, basically? I think this would be another one of those. Now, we, I think we got a lot of hate mail after that, so we'll, we'll be nice. Uh, th- this one song, Pastor Cruncher. If you have to sing praise songs, maybe you should sing this one. But uh, notice yeah. that you do not have this deliverance through the means of grace. L- see what it says? Uh, that I come by what? Word and sacrament? I come by the blood. I come by the cross. Right. Now, certainly those things are true, well, you... but they're true things mm-hmm. kind of in the in the abstract. And, and I certainly, when, in my preaching, I say those things too. But the promise that we have in Holy Scripture is that God delivers these things to us by his word, 
the means that come to us through mm-hmm. baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, so that it's not just this abstract coming into the presence. And he's right. We don't draw into the presence of God with our sin. We must have our sins atoned for to draw into the presence of God. But he then brings himself to us veiled in these means. What do you think of that? Yep. True enough. Okay. But yeah. True enough. But, you know, if you want blood, you better find it at the altar. That's the point of it. Yeah, very good. Okay. So we have another one that passed the cruncher. I come by the blood written by Steve and Vicky Cook. Uh, so check that one out. If you have to sing praise songs, maybe that one might work. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where if you're Evan's family, you're getting points for Christmas. <laughs> 2,300 You've been listening points. to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio. All right, that's a wrap.